Welcome to VS Voices. I'm Amanda Decadene. Colin Jones is a New York-based model and one of the faces of this year's VS Wings campaign. In this episode, we talk about Colin's childhood in Utah, her day-to-day experience being a trans woman in New York, and the role spirituality has played in launching her into the world of fashion. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Colin Jones. Thank you. Welcome to Voices. Thank you for having me. Also, we have like similar vibes going on, like the hair. I'm like, I I feel like I needed my professional glasses that I don't wear, but I still need it. Well, where are you? Are you in New York? So right now we are coming at you live from our Soho office in New York, downtown. Fantastic. It's a little new. It's a temporary change, but such a vibe, such a different vibe. All right. Well, it's so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm super excited to get into it. Of course. So it is exciting because you are the first trans model to appear as part of the VS Wings campaign. This is a big deal. What does this moment mean to you? Honestly, it's kind of just like what you said. I think that this is a very historical moment and I'm very proud of all the people that have been a part of this project. I'm really proud of the women behind this project. And overall, I'm just very proud of the changes that have been made on Victoria's Secret's behalf to be a lot more diverse and inclusive and just celebrate all types of women from all different walks of life. Absolutely. And what has it been like working with VS? What's your experience been? It sounds so funny to say, but honestly, like ever since I was a little girl and I started making those steps in my transition, I really did so many times often look for Victoria's Secret as a, just that symbol of that feminine power and really just embracing yourself and stepping into that, that ownership of oneself and that self-power and having that fulfillment and providing it for yourself. And I think that that's exactly what this experience was for me, just kind of that full circle moment and also just getting to witness and experience the changes that have been made and um, just the the newness and the freshness and the specialness of it. Yeah, it's really nice when companies do actually do what they say they're going to do because a lot of the time they actually don't. And I get asked a lot when I do interviews about myself working with VS about like, oh, come on, have they really made changes? Like, yeah, they really have actually. Yeah, absolutely. Like the proof is in the pudding, you guys. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Exactly. We have tasted the pudding and the pudding is good. Is in. <laughs> it's not tapioca, babe. It's vanilla. It's Maybe swirl. chocolate. Maybe chocolate. Oh, that's not my vibe, but you got to live that truth. You got to live Each that truth. Each to their own. We're celebrating all different perspectives here. The pudding analogy. You've heard exactly. it Exactly. So what part of this project are you most excited to share? I think I'm most excited for people to just see the fact that Victoria's Secret has really done an amazing job at preserving all of the amazing old traits and just sort of the way that the vibe of Victoria's Secret, what it was, we're taking all the good parts of what it used to be and we are filtering that and now we're supporting it with people with amazing careers and athletes. It's just we're including a lot of other people in that fantasy that was originally established. And I think it's just really special to be a part of that and also witness other people being a part of that for the first time, like athletes and doctors and just icons that absolutely deserve their wings. We all deserve to fly. We do indeed. So let's talk a little bit about your childhood because you grew up in a small town called Spanish Fork in Utah. 
Can you tell me what that was like as a trans kid? So the town was called Spanish Fork. Let me just, I'm going I'm to paint a picture if you close your eyes, if you will. Please, I'm ready. Here we are. We have the fire going. We have some crackling fire. We have a tumbleweed. We have some cows. What are we smelling? We're smelling the cows. We're smelling the grass. We're smelling the mountains. We're smelling the rodeos that are happening two blocks away. Okay, so now, now we kind of know where I'm growing up, okay? Yes. So let's talk about the school a little bit. I went to a charter school. Um, we had a uniform. Girl, you know I rocked that uniform, though. Oh, I'll bet you did. I can close my eyes and imagine that. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Got to paint that picture. That's a very yes. important part. Um, so yeah, I went to a kind of like a religious charter school that was really close to my house. When you say religious, was it Mormon? So yeah, they just had a lot of Mormon practices that they also incorporated in the teaching system. To be more specific, they had like seminary classes and the boundaries between religion and school, which I personally think is very important to have, wasn't necessarily super implied. And so I think it's important to remember that. And honestly, with that being said, I'm very grateful that that was my experience because I think there was a lot of changes that happened. And obviously I experienced a lot from that and it's made me who I am today ultimately. So I definitely owe a lot to that experience and would not trade that experience for the world. Of course. What is it like now when you go back there? I would say... I think in this past year of modeling, it's been a little easier for me to travel back there. I've had a lot of windows in between work where it's like, I'll be in London and then I'll, I'll fly back. I didn't really necessarily have my own home base, but since moving to New York full-time in, I think it was May, beginning of May, it's been a little bit easier for me to kind of have that route now. So instead of traveling from Utah to London and Utah and Paris, and it's easier for me to have New York as my roots. Um, so I'm not really traveling to Utah too often anymore. But when I do go back, I mainly just visit family. I think culturally, it's not as progressive as I would like it to be, especially for my safety and, and just my comfortability. I think that as of right now, I'll kind of have to just be with my family, unfortunately, unless I choose to go a little bit north up towards Salt Lake. But where I come from, especially, it's just a little too underexposed, if you will. And we have some Californians coming into Utah. So I'm hoping that that will hopefully culturally wake some things up and get some changes to be happened. And I hope that my presence kind of had a little bit of that catalyst to that change. And, and hopefully I changed some, some minds and planted some seeds. And ultimately to me that that's what really matters. So planting seeds is important. It takes time. You just got to keep planting the seeds. Absolutely. It's a process. You got to water. A I'm a farm girl. So I know, you know, you, we got the seeds, you got the water. Sometimes you talk to the seeds. You got to give it that CO2. Give it some love. Know? And there's a time when, you know, you plant and a time when you reap, right? So there's that fallow harvest, times. Exactly. Harvest. I can get with those analogies. Absolutely. You're down for it? Yes. So I, I, think I really am. We're in the waiting stage right now, if you will. Okay. We're going yes. to harvest later. We've planted some seeds and um, we're, we're out here doing the work right now. You know, we're watering, yes. we're farming, we're planting, we're, we're getting that all done. I see that happening. So how would you describe the female role models that you grew up around? Oh my goodness. I just don't know where I would even be without them, to be mm. completely honest. Like a lot of times our moms are our role models or our grandmas are our role models or just a, another person in that feminine position becomes our role model. And there's a reason I think that for me and my experience being a trans woman, like I really did look to those powerful women in my life for examples. And I'm so fortunate to have them be so supportive and be so loving and 
throughout my whole transition, like both my mom and my grandmother and all my sisters have just been so protective and have really made it their mission to carve out a safe space for me to really explore that femininity. And it's so healing in my adult life. They're really taking that time to just allow me to explore all those things I kind of felt like I almost missed out on in a way. I think as trans people, you know, we miss out on so many key life experiences. And so to have those people just be so mindful of that and so considerate of that and also try to help correct that, like just to me that it it's so it's such an emotional and, and humbling experience. So what was some of the things that you feel like you missed out on? And I think it's different for every trans person. But when you think about it, you think about those key experiences that a woman has growing up and how that kind of shapes her. You think about her going to um, a girl's summer camp or her going to, you know, taking a dance class. Like there were ballet classes I missed out on that I really wanted to do. And as trans people, you know, a lot of times people don't really think about us missing out on that experience. You know, we're very focused on the present in transition, which is great. It's great to be present, but also it is important to be very mindful that, you know, a lot of times people from trans experiences have missed out on a lot. And we're just trying to live our life and kind of correct that and and heal as much as we can from that. I'm so pleased you brought that up because actually I was unaware of that. And mm-hmm. that's a really significant consideration. And I'm I'm so pleased that you made me aware of that. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Thank you for being open to it. That's what this conversation is about. You know, like I think that for me and my mission, originally I wanted to get started in modeling so that I could kind of bridge that gap between cishet people and trans people and kind of have that open dialogue that's so needed nowadays. It really is. It really is. How were you educated on the trans community as a kid? What kind of awareness did you have? So I had very, I think just growing up in Utah in such a Mormon culture, I really was in kind of the heart of the Mormons, very, very South in Utah. I was very underexposed to what even the LGBTQ community stand for. I left the church when I was in fourth grade. And so I just want to preface this by saying I have so much respect for the people that are still in the religion. And I will always honor and respect the people that continue to practice that religion. However, based on my own experiences with the trauma that it has given me and the experiences that I've had in the religion, you almost get shut off from the outside world in a way. You become so protected in a way where it's almost harmful. You become too protected. And I feel like that's what happened for me in the beginning of my experience. And I also, just given my family history, my father grew up in a very, very religious family, very, very Mormon, very textbook Mormon. And so just from the time I was young, I had those stereotypes and those gender roles put on me by my father around what toys I could play with, around what clothes I should wear, around how I should talk, around how I should dress, even around, you know, my interests and hobbies. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know that your career came to you first through a psychic. So crazy. Which I love. I'm big into that. So I was like, oh my God, amazing. Did you grow up with, you know, a belief in psychic practices? Or what happened when your mom came to you and said, hey, I got a psychic reading and here's what they told me? This is such a good story. I truly, truly love telling this story. When I left the church, when my mom originally pulled all of my family members out and she made those connections that the church wouldn't be good for my mental health and especially my transition at the time. And she just selflessly made so many sacrifices for me in the sake of our family as a unit, which I'm so grateful for. And I know that I wouldn't be here without her. 
But to go back to your question, the psychic, um, when we did leave the church, my mom absolutely still had that really beautiful kind of divine practice held in our house. And I think the way that my mom did it was so amazing because she didn't really force it upon us after we left the church. I think she really gave us that time to let us kind of discover our own religious practices because, you know, I think at the end of the day, in my personal opinion, it's really important to be open to all different cultures and all different religions, all different like walks of life. And again, that's why I'm so proud and so happy to be a part of this Victoria's Secret project because this was the time to do that. You know, this is a project where all that energy can be put to this one really detailed project and all of us can really come together and put intent towards that, which I think is really cool. But yeah, she always just kind of held those practices around gratitude and karma. And so she started to kind of get into the whole physical world. She started to get into Reiki and journaling and yoga and just really started to better herself after she kind of had her spiritual awakening when we all removed ourselves from that religious system. And so she was just kind of practicing that for a couple of years and I had exposure to that. And I was just kind of like focusing on my own religion at the time. And then it was her birthday and she had a birthday present to like have a psychic reading, like a session with the psychic. And she also like, as a part of that, as like a part of the package, she got some bonus readings. And so um, she asked like me and my sisters and my grandma, if we wanted to join her. Amazing. And so we all went in and we had our readings. It was so beautiful. Just truly like such a spiritual experience. Like you could just kind of feel the presence in the room. And it's not that I'm like skeptical, you know what I mean? But like, I'm the kind of girl where I'm like, okay, if there's a ghost in the room, like I got to see some stuff happening, you know? Yeah, like, I, gotta see I need some proof. Totally, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got to see a glitch in the TV. I got to yeah. see some mirrors cracking, um, but I'm open to it. So I sat down in my session and um, I know it sounds very corny, but I always kind of knew I was going to be a model. I always had this kind of intuitive and also just obsessed with the industry since I was in like second grade, since I really discovered the power of fashion and gender and, and what that meant and how it could all be tied into art and also just the Leo in me as well. Like I loved being a part of that, but I never really knew how to get started, especially being like trans. I hadn't really seen many trans models. And so, and it's just in media and everything, like I said, in Utah, I was very protected and shielded from that kind of like whole world. And so I think that's kind of the part I was looking for more clarity with, with the psychic. You know, she asked us to kind of have intention with the session. So that was kind of my intention. Um, and immediately right off the bat, like the card she was pulling to do like, you're she did tarot. Yeah, she did tarot. She kind of did like a mix of everything. Um, but the tarot reading for me is kind of what felt most aligned. And so, yeah, she was just kind of shuffling the cards and it was just so divine. Like it was, it was almost like watching a performance, like Mm. just artistically, like there was no way that it could have been rehearsed, but it felt so rehearsed and so special. Because it was so on point. It was just so on point. It just, I resonated so deeply with it and it, it was exactly what I needed. And so that's just kind of when I really opened up myself to this whole universal experience and this whole divine life experience and system that we have going on. Your own spiritual practice, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. My own religion. That's kind of yes. what, that, that, that moment yes. when I found my own religion, when I really felt like I was spiritually connected. So yeah, she told me like a lot of amazing things, just kind of about the details about like kind of what my life would look like. But I think for me, I was like, girl, how do I get there? Like, what am I going to do? You know, like we're in the middle of Utah. 
I don't really see many trans models. How am I going to do this? Like, let's do it. I'm, I'm here for it. But like, how are we going to do it? Yeah. What's the vehicle? Exactly. And she said that I was going to get dreams. I was going to start to get dreams. And my dreams would ultimately tell me, you know, the steps to make that career change. And so I was just like, girl, like, I love you so much. Thank you for the session. It was special. But dreams, like, right. The dreams that I was having was like, I'm flying and then I'm eating a corn dog and then I'm petting a zebra, you know, like right. when it comes to those things, especially with like, she didn't give me any sort of time frame either. She just said, you're going to get dreams. So I didn't know if it was going to be a dream tonight. I didn't know if it was going to be a dream next week. I didn't know if I'd be 65 and I'd start my modeling career. I didn't know what was going on. But And where were you working at the time? So I was actually working at Taco Bell. I was a 16-year-old in high school, just folding my tacos, saving up my money, just a little girl dreaming of her New York modeling fantasy. But at the time, I was like, I think it's more realistic for me to go to LA. And I had no clue about kind of the whole markets of the fashion industry. So I didn't even know like LA is kind of more, not that it's not a high fashion buy, but it just is for more of that commercial, that beauty. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I didn't really know that New York was like kind of that point that I that I should have been going to for the work that I wanted to do which was like runway and print and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to sell my Cinnabon delights. And then I'm just going to live my dream life fantasy. And then it was my senior year going into high school. And I decided to stop working from Taco Bell. I just like kind of felt like I just wanted to give the rest of my attention to my senior year, kind of, again, have those experiences like prom and the thing I kind of missed out on. I really wanted to just be as present as possible. And I was really fortunate to get my high school counselors to cut my year in half. So I only had to go for half a year because, girl, I know I was not going to college. I was like, if there's one thing that's happening, I don't know if modeling is going to work out. I don't know if Broadway's going to work. I don't know what's going to work out. But, but it I is will. not college. But I know where I'm not going. After I'm done with the school system, I need a hot minute where I can just do nothing but have a cute little margarita in my hand and some sun on my face because I've earned it. Yeah. I think that it's really important for people to remember that we all possess this power inside of us and we all can create our own reality. Our thoughts are so powerful. Well, intuition. Absolutely intuition. And I'm, yeah. I'm really, really grateful for my mom for really implementing that kind of mindset, that way of thinking of just being your own advocate, being your own supporter, really believing in yourself. I also feel like as a trans woman, you know, we have to, from a really young age, whenever we start our transition, we have to just know who we are. You know, we have to just feel that sense of security and feel that sense of confidence because it is constantly challenged every single day. The minute we walk into a bathroom, the minute we go here, the minute we're on the cover of something, you know, we are, we're constantly met with those people that believe that we shouldn't be there and believe that we are, you know, not who we say we are and who you know, we show up in the authentic version of ourselves. And I think it's really, really important to challenge that. It's interesting though, you're talking about being your own advocate and, you know, knowing who you are and supporting yourself. And I was thinking about how it sounds like your mom really did that for you, right? She gave you that. She role modeled what that looked like and what that felt like. So you were like, oh, I know how to do this. Absolutely. I think especially going back to you know, why I said I was grateful for that school experience, although it came with a lot of trauma, I saw the way that my mom really responded to that. And I saw the action that she took. And she was just such a warrior at really carving that space for me in the beginning to find myself. And once I did find myself through her, that's when I was really able to just like grab to that and go, you know, once I had that yeah. sense of inner confidence that she had given to me and she just did such a good job loving me, you know, like just as a parent, mm. 
How beautiful. Wow. Just, I, I feel like trans or not, gay or not, gender, anything. As parents, like, it's just, it's so important to just love your child, you know, like let them pick out the toy. You know, if, if a Barbie makes him happy, give him the Barbie. If a football makes her happy, give her the football. Mm -hmm. That was another thing about my experience that was a little confusing for me growing up, especially in Utah. Is it's also important to talk about so many other gender, gender stigmas that we have going on, especially around girls and boys and, and those stereotypes that we put on people growing up. It was really hard for me in my school system to see the dress code changes that were implemented on the females versus the biological males, if you will. So you mean the double standard? Yeah, the double standard. Thank you. You know, they would come with rulers and check to see if the boy's hair was past our jawline. And then the girls could buzz it, the girls could braid it, the girls could wear breasts, the girls could wear skirts, pants, the guys could not wear skirts, the guys could not wear, you know what I mean? So it's just, yes. it was just those levels to it that kind of just started to confuse my brain. And I think that's where my mom really stepped in. And that's where she kind of corrected everything. That's when she kind what of- What did just, she do? She just kind of let me know that I could be whoever I wanted to be and, and I didn't need to- think about it. There wasn't any thought that needed to be behind my reasoning with choosing the Barbie. I could just choose the Barbie because it made me, it was me, you know, it felt like the best decision. It was authentic. Absolutely. She really just implemented that importance of authenticity and allowed me to be authentic. And she would just do an amazing job at finding any sort of window where I could be authentic in Utah, any sort of area where she could because outside of the home, my mom couldn't really do much protecting for me. You know, I was thrust into, you know, surrounded by Mormons and my peers and in that school system. But she was just so amazing at finding that time in the house, outside of the house, in the school when when things started getting really complicated with my transition, especially with the dress code and everything. Like she was the first person to really, again, just remind me about the importance of the decisions I was making and how important it is to always be fully in our authenticity. How was it for you to move to New York, which is not that long ago, and to have the freedom to live more authentically? These are amazing questions. I like to tell people that I am a New Yorker born in Utah. I think when my mom really started to teach me about authenticity and how important and special my authenticity is, I started to really wonder, okay, well, if my mom's saying authenticity is so important, then why am I not seeing it around me? You know, why is my environment not reflecting that? Why are these people around me conforming and why are they performing and, and just in this system that is so opposite of that? And it really started to get my mind thinking about, okay, well, where do all these authentic people collect? And that's really when I started to get exposure to New York. I started to really search about these places where these authentic people kind of um, come and What's the word I'm looking for? The aggregate community. Yes. yes. Just all that, all, all those words, that wordage, if you will. Yes. All of that. Yes. That family of descriptive words. Exactly. That tree. Yes. But yeah, I think I just kind of looked at New York at that place where it's like, you could just be authentic. You don't have to, you can wear what you want. You can say what you want. If you want to go up and give someone a high five on the street, you can do that. And no one's going to bat an eye, you know, and what does it mean to you, though, to live authentically? How would you describe that? Oh, my goodness. Authenticity is not just physical for me. It's not just what I'm wearing. It's not just the makeup. It's not just how my hair looks. It's really important for me. But authenticity is, it bleeds in 
all different categories of my life. I need to feel like I am safe to speak my truth. I need to feel like I am safe to explore all different parts of myself, especially being a young adult. You know, like I just had my 20th birthday last week and happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I was doing a lot of thinking about kind of just this next phase of my life and and how grateful I am to be in New York in this next phase of my life. Um, I think I'm having like the friends experience, if you will, just where I get to authentically also make mistakes mm. because I think that's also a, a huge part of authenticity. You know, none of us are perfect and it's really important to remember that. And that's why also like, again, Victoria's Secret was so special to me because they're all about that authenticity and they're all about just celebrating what it means to be a woman living, you know, making those mistakes, yeah. figuring it out, trying, shooting for the stars, dreaming big, owning, supporting, loving, like just all that amazing stuff that comes with it. I'm writing a book about authenticity at the moment. So I love that you've brought it up so many times because it's one of my favorite subjects, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I was so inspired when I was researching you and I read that you wish more people would ask you about your day-to-day -day life as a trans mm. woman. Can you tell me what you meant by that? Absolutely. Um, firstly, authenticity is such a vibe. It's truly like there's there's few things in this life that I genuinely will die on my grave for when it comes to the principles of life. And I believe that balance, authenticity, loving, supporting happiness. They just all fall under that same branch. So congratulations for writing that book. Super Thank excited. You. Can't wait to read it. Yeah. And I'm not a big reader. So that says a lot, but I'll do an audio book and you can listen to that one. Maybe I'll interview you separately about yes. that because I think you have a lot of incredible things to oh say, actually. Oh my goodness. I am turning red, girl. That's going to be so excited. Um, But yes, to answer your question, I think that when I talk about authenticity, especially being a trans woman, it kind of just goes back to the points I was making earlier where I feel like a lot of people in interviews, especially with LGBTQ, they're very, very focused on the present and they're very, very focused on the future. And it's important to do that. And it's respectful to do that, especially with trans people. You know, a lot of times we're not very comfortable with talking about our past. And there's a reason for that. You know, they're very vulnerable. And to have it be so open and to have it be in the media and in this world, it's very scary. It's a brave thing to do. But with me and my brand, that for me is the most important in, in my work. I always want to be that person that feels like, you know, you can come to me and have those conversations. And I want to be that trans woman friend that you can go to when you're not sure about saying something or you're feeling a little confused about something or I definitely just want to represent and advocate as best I can. And so when I talk about interviews and I talk about authenticity, it's just, it's really important to remember that our experience at the end of the day, like when the cameras do go off, when the interviews do finish and wrap, this is not something we take off. You know, this isn't a position of work that we're stepping out of. We still are going into the restroom at the end of the day and and having those experiences with those people that have those mentalities. And we're still questioning our safety in those spaces at night. We're still, especially in dating too. Like I'm a 20 year old and I'm just barely getting started in the dating world. And it's scary, you know, like I'll bet. What's your experience been with that? It's been kind of a mix right now. Like I, it's really, really, I think I'm realizing it's important for me to have those relationships outside of 
the industry, outside of dating, outside of everything. Like it's very important to have those people in your life that really ground you and that remind you about what's important and that really look out for you and and watch for your safety, watch for your well-being. And so that's definitely been a huge um, focus. Absolutely. For me, it's been really important for me to remember that, especially being a trans woman, like having other trans women that I can really talk to and um, just kind of get their advice with like that for me has been so important right now. Have you found those women? I have. I've been really fortunate in my experience to find those women. And I think for me, this conversation is kind of like a beautiful spider web when you think about it, because all like this point kind of ties back to what I was just talking about when it comes to those authentic people in Utah. Like, I think that a part of the reason why I was also longing to go to New York is because I wanted to have those trans women friends that I could really rely on and that I could really use for support in the same way that cis people can come to me and ask questions about trans women. You know what I mean? Like, sure. To have that now, it's almost like a really beautiful circuit that's finally connected. You know, like I can have these open conversations with my trans women and I can have a deeper understanding for them and their experience. And then being someone that is of this young experience, I can kind of bridge that gap in the modeling industry. And so, yeah, I just feel very grateful with this position that I'm at right now. And I feel very fortunate with the relationships I have. And again, I I definitely do think it's still very important to remember that there's still so many struggles and so many trials that we're facing on a day-to-day basis. And it's really, really important that we have the support of the people that want to learn so much from us and they want to, you know, capitalize off of our authenticity and our juicy, sparkly energy, but then they don't really want to support and advocate for. And it's just really important that we have those actions and those words aligned together, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. What kind of change do you hope you'll be able to affect in your, in the, in, I guess, in the modeling industry? Yeah, I... I think for me, it's kind of like what I said, I would love to be almost a bridge, hmm. a London bridge, a luxury London bridge. Darling. I love the bridge analogy. I use that myself a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I really want to be someone that I just want to be like your girl pal. You know what I mean? I just want to be that girl that you can go to if you're feeling confused about something or you just want to talk about something. Like I said, I just, I want to be that bridge for the trans women outside of the industry and also understanding the power of my influence, understanding the power of the eyes that are watching me and the seeds that I can plant my farm, if you will, kind of just building this farm right now and harvesting that, that crop and really feeding the people off that land. And so it's a really exciting project. It's a very long project, but I'm very committed and I'm here for the journey. And like I said, I think it's just important to remember that I'm not always going to get it right. You know, I can't speak for all trans people. I can't speak for, you know, there's very specific window of people I can speak for, but I know I can speak for myself and I know I can speak for my experience. And I know that a lot of people have similarities with my experience. And I know that a lot of people can learn from that. And I'm hoping at the end of the day to just have a greater understanding on all ends. And I would just like to ultimately show people that Trans women are just, we're just women, you know, trans people are just people, gay people are just people. We, you know, people should be able to play with the teddy bear and wear a dress and, you know, have a 
glass of wine at the end of the night. We're all just people living life and we're all figuring it out. So, well, I am very excited to see what you grow in your farm. I'm very, very excited. I have a feeling that you are going to be able to do exactly what you hope to do. Mm, Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really, it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, And, you know, before we wrap up, I wanted to share with you something um, that is really special. I managed to get a look yesterday at this incredible photograph, which we're going to pop up on the screen now. Let's have a look. Oh, my goodness. There you are. Look at that. Look at you. Wow. Have you seen that before? I have not. This is the first. Wow. How do you feel seeing that? I'm. When I was really going through those traumatic experiences in Utah, and I was really having those moments where I was wondering, you know, what is this all about? What is this life experience about? Why am I here? What is this role that I'm fulfilling? And and what's my purpose? Why, why am I in Utah? Like, why am I, why am I the one that's experiencing these things? And there was often a vision and um, an image of, of my life and, and what I would look like, what I would be doing, the people that would surround me, where I'd be living. And I held so strongly onto that image. And I really, really used it as a, just a glimmer of hope in, in a time of darkness and, you know, that, that vision and yeah, that, that image that I painted for myself also in combination with my mother's support really are the reason that I'm here today. And to see that image and to see the girl that I saw in my mind when I was in fourth grade and imagining her, um, it's it's just a very, very humbling and and very, very just grounding and special experience. Thank you so much for being here with me and and for just having this conversation. I'm I'm really, really grateful that I'm able to talk with you about things I feel so passionate about, especially authenticity. And again, with Victoria's Secret, I just, this has been such an amazing experience from start to finish, especially in May, shooting the whole thing. I can't wait to share more about my experience and what it was like to to fly. And um, yeah, I just, I just want to remind people that we all have it in us. You know, we, we can do whatever we want to do. There's no, there's no limit for our lives. And this is one guaranteed experience that we have right now. And so, you know, we get to decide however we want to live that. And if we if we want to play with the toys we want to play with, if we want to live in the places we want to live, if we want to share those experiences with the people we want to share with, we should absolutely be allowed to do that and live as authentically as we can. So that's that's what I have to say about that. That is such a beautiful photograph. Um, it has been such a, a treat to talk with you. And I will be know that I will be watching and cheering you on. Thank you so much. And, they, and thank you all my little friends with my faceless friends outside of the screen and just the people that have really helped prep for this. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for everyone that's made this happen. And I'm really, really excited for the launch. I know. Also, so you're exciting. the you're the first person to be on the back of my pink tractor when I harvest my fruit, girl. Oh, I will be there. You can Mama's making apple pies, babe. You, you can count apple me pies. in. Perfect. 
You have been listening to VS Voices, the official companion podcast to the VS World Tour. My thanks to today's guest. And if you love our show, please comment, like, and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And as always, you can join me, Amanda DeCadene, on Instagram. VS Voices is part of Victoria's Secret's ongoing commitment to creating positive change for women. Together, we are amplifying the voices and perspectives of women from all backgrounds. And please remember that sharing stories brings us closer together. Thank you for listening.